Welcome to the Edge Talk Radio Network, your weekly source for information, empowerment, and connection. The Edge Magazine and its advertisers bring you inspired interviews and conversation on learning and healing, on our sacred journey, and on topics that expand beyond time and space. Now, welcome today's host. Welcome to EFT Happy Half Hour with best-selling author Katherine Taylor. As a licensed marriage and family therapist and addictions counselor, Katherine is certified by EFT master Lindsay Kinney and trained in accessing the Akashic Records of your soul. Stay tuned to learn how to take the edge off limiting beliefs, quiet disruptive feelings, reduce physical challenges, and dissolve spiritual blocks. And now I'm proud to introduce you to the mother of inner child work, Catherine Taylor. Greetings and welcome. Welcome to this month's broadcast. It's the last month of the year. It's that last six weeks of the year where it's probably the most challenging and stressful time of the year because whatever can emerge, emerges. And it's kind of it's kind of like the year's version of Mercury retrograde and we actually had a Mercury's retro, Mercury retrograde starting, I think it started November 16th, before Thanksgiving, and it completed December 6th, and it was on the heels of the Venus retrograde. So the whole month of October, we got to really review certain issues with relationships. And then I think on the same day, November 16th, Venus went direct and Mercury went retrograde and it's like mercury just scooped up all of those conflicts and challenges and opportunities that were dislodged in October regarding our probably most intimate relationships is what it affected and it just carried it into the mercury retrograde now what's nice about that if you made use of mercury retrograde is that mercury is mercury's retrograde is a great time for really reviewing situations, recommitting, revising plans, kind of moving forward in a new way. And when people have the courage to explore their relationships from that angle, when people have the courage to always be evaluating and observing and reconstructing their relationships, you keep them vital. And so we have been gifted in a way, even though it may have been tumultuous, and things came up that were difficult, you've been gifted in the fact that you've had the opportunity to explore what wasn't working, what needed to be revised, needed to be renegotiated. And if you've done your work, you have had the opportunity to do that. Now, I believe Mercury went direct December 6th, which was a little over 10 days ago. Today is the 17th, so I guess it was 11 days ago. But there's always the shadow of Mercury retrograde, which follows it. So the actual Mercury is regrouping everything that it reviewed. So we're still a little bit in that window. Supposedly, according to D.K. Brainerd, who's the astrologer on on my list anyway, has talked about is that right around solstice, which is this Friday, will move forward. 
So today what we're going to talk about is the challenges that this time of year really brings forth. And then we're going to cap it with a little bit of a tapping sequence on how you can move forward with the winter solstice in this area. We're in the northern hemisphere. If it gets as far out to the southern hemisphere, then obviously you're going into the summer solstice. But for most of us that are going to be listening to this broadcast, we're in the northern hemisphere. We have come through the spring and the fall, and we've created in the fall, and now we are ready to go inward again. That's what winter is all about. And the winter solstice is the full moon of the year. It's a very powerful day. It's a powerful day to get illuminated. It's a wonderful day to fast, by the way, because your body is being flooded with so much other information that it almost does not need the nourishment of food. So if you're going to fast around the holidays, doing it on this Friday would be a great day to do that. But leading up to that, I just want to talk about some of the things that get challenged for us. Starting Thanksgiving with the hustle bustle of the family obligations and the family meals and traveling. Traveling has become more and more stressful for a lot of people. And, in fact, Thanksgiving Day, I think the Wednesday before Thanksgiving Day, is the most traveled day, you know, of the year. And it's the one that most people drove. People are shifting now to just going places where they can drive much more easily because, the travel arrangements can be so unpredictable. So we experience all of that stress. Now we experience it within ourselves because it's building up. We have the stress of shopping and planning and doing and the increase in expectations. Now not only the expectations of others who want us to be there in certain ways or they're anticipating our visits or they are anticipating the gift exchange or shared moments but also the increased expectations within us. We have this kind of need to do it right. A lot of times that pressure driver really emerges, that inner child that just goes, 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 the inner child who wants to be perfect and is afraid of being judged emerges. And so we can get really into being compulsive about what we buy for people. We can get competitive We can get really wrapped up in wanting to get the best gift or make sure that we top the sister-in-law or the brother or the friend that always gives us the perfect gift, and we want to match that. So we can get competitive. We can get competitive with the price of gifts with children. This happens a lot with divorced couples where there's a lot of animosity or tension within the couple. The couple can very easily try to top the other one to be the favorite parent of the year. And of course, that just pulls the kids in, you know, this loyalty bind. And it can also give the children a way to really exploit that tension. And children learn how at a very early age, whenever the divorce happened, they really learn how to play each of you against the other. They know how to push your buttons, and they don't do it maliciously. They do it because they can, and they've learned that's a way to get their needs met and a way to manipulate the the focus and to keep the attention off of them. Now, you might also witness a family dynamic 
where your children start acting up a lot more because they sense the tension between mom and dad. They sense the grief and the, again, competition or the greed or the the loss of the family unit that mom and dad feel. Or maybe there's jealousy. Maybe one of the parents has gotten involved with somebody else, and so the other parent has to deal with sharing her children with this new partner of her ex-spouse, and that can bring up a whole array of feelings. So because of the expectations, because of the opportunities, because of the the activities that we experience obligation to show up for, it can create just a storm of mixed feelings. So how do you deal with those? How do you shift obligations into choices? Well, the biggest thing you can do is think it through. Make boundaries for yourself. Determine what it is that are your parameters, what you can spend, what you're willing to eat. Like if you're on certain food regimens, you're going to be tempted this this season. Make a food plan. Sit, sit down with a friend and do a, do a food plan that you call in every day and say, okay, I want to make this manageable. I did that when I had to attend my brother's memorials, and I knew that if I didn't have a backup plan, I was going to be out of my environment. I was going to be challenged by a lot of emotions, but I was also going to be challenged by being in other people's homes where their friends and family were bringing all these dishes you know how it happens when somebody dies. The community supports the family, and it's a very sweet thing to do. But if you're in on any kind of food plan, you have no idea what's in those dishes. And I knew that that could be deadly for me, and I knew two things. I knew that it would would take me away from what I wanted to deal with in terms of being in touch with the loss of my brother, but also biochemically it could have triggered me. So what may have been manageable in terms of my grief because of my ability to process through that, it would have put me over the top. Because when I eat foods that are not good for me, when I eat sugar or when I eat wheat or I eat too many carbohydrates, it significantly makes me more vulnerable. I am sensitive to things that when I'm following my protocols, I can glide through because I have the tools to deal with it, and I'm not bioclinically cued with too much adrenaline or too much cortisol, which results in me shifting into that fight-or-flight response. For some reason, I think it hijacks my brain. And the reason I think that is that recently you may have even seen in the Edge magazine, I have an article about tension and trauma release this month. And I've spent the last year training and ultimately getting certified in David Berselli's TRE, or Tension and Trauma Releasing Exercises. And one of the first things I noticed after the week-long or weekend-long training session that I participated in is that my food reactivity was significantly reduced. Now, it's not that I didn't overeat, but some of my reactivity to certain foods had diminished. Now, what happens when we have trauma, and I know I'm doing a segue here, but it will link in, is that if that trauma or that fight-or-flight response that got triggered is not resolved, then the contraction from that gets locked into the body. 
but not only does it get locked into the muscular structure, the brain separates. The three parts of the brain separate out, and they're usually unified so that the rational mind is in charge and the rational mind can determine what's happening and how to govern accordingly. But if we get traumatized or if we come up against something that triggers us or there's something unexpected, like the example that Purcelli uses is that if you're on a ladder and all of a sudden you lose your balance and you fall, you don't rationalize whether you should brace yourself or not. Instinctively, you know to brace yourself. Well, that's what happens when when we are triggered or going to the fight or flight. Our brain separates so that our second brain, the limbic brain, the emotional brain, can determine to fight or or flee. Now, that can get triggered in response to something that the rational mind would determine is not really a threat. But if we do not resolve that, the brain does not reunify. So what happens is we go around with this trigger point. And if you have certain things in your life where you get triggered, where you go from 0 to 10 or 0 to 100 with no warning, it's because when that vibrational frequency gets triggered in you, your body goes into the fight or flight as if it was before. So you have to go in and work it out. You have to work with it. Now, what we're going to do today is work with that separation. We're going to begin to really deal with it because with tapping and with the TRE, which I'll explain in in future broadcasts, I can't really demonstrate this on, um, on the radio, obviously, but I'll talk more about it. But what we're going to do today is do a little bit of tapping that helps your brain reunify so that you're not so triggered through this process because you can get that to be healed again. You can heal that terrible sentence that I just used, but you can heal that. You can come back into that that experience that you had and through tapping and through meditation and through getting a hold of the inner child that's holding that, and now through TRE, you can release that contraction. And what ultimately happens is your brain reunifies. Well, I think that happened to me because what I noticed that weekend is even though I ate some of the foods that are not real conducive to me being on target, I didn't have as much of a reaction. And so I was able to decipher, and my body was able to decipher without getting triggered. So what that tells me is that a lot of my biochemical reaction to to certain foods was locked in to certain contractions and fight-or-flight experiences that I didn't even have to understand what they were, but those got unhooked. The contraction got released, and therefore the need for the biochemical reactivity was reduced. And so I noticed a, di- a diminishing of those, that reactivity. So this is a good time of the year to get that extra support going. It's a good time of the year to get some extra support from groups like 
find those self-help groups, find your spiritual groups, find your community so that you can be helped through this. It's also a time of the year where a lot of grief can get triggered. If it's the first season without a loved one, like this is our first season without our brother, and all of us are responding in our own way. And it could be a first without being in the house that you lived in. It can be the first without a job that you were at for a long time if you've retired. It can be the first holiday that you've experienced since the divorce. That's going to trigger a lot of grief. And the more that you work with it, the more that you deal with it, the better off you're going to be to move into 2019. Now, one of the things I did, I did a radio show about three weeks ago with a really good friend of mine, Nancy Cayley, who is the director of CORE, a food and recovery program. And what we were talking about was really setting the intention to go through the holidays in a conscious way so that when you get to December 31st, you're not spending New Year's Eve and New Year's Day writing your resolutions about everything that you want to change for 2019 because you remained conscious. So there's no need for do-overs. There no, there's no need for makeovers. There's uh, no need for an affirmation to change something. It doesn't mean that you don't set some intentions for augmentation and expansion. But that comes from a different place within you. It comes from a place of building on what all is already working for you. When we do the resolutions, it's usually based on shame. It's usually based on imperfection. It's usually based on feeling like there's something about us that's not okay. And, you know, there's different shades of, of that judgment. Some of it is just, you know, I'd like to do this a little better. So you make a resolution to go to the gym five times a week instead of three and two of those three you decide not to go. That can be kind of a lighter one. It's not necessarily based on shame. It's based on wanting something different. But what you want to stay away from are those resolutions that really have the vibration of imperfection. I am not okay, and this year I'm not going to do that. I'm going to set it up. Now, what happens when we do that? It comes from our pusher-driver part, which then three weeks into the new year activates our rebel. So we have all these intentions because it's a way for us to have a false sense of control. Because it's coming from a control, because it's coming from the ego, it's not spirit-infused, it's ego-driven, we activate our rebel. So two to three weeks in, then you're out. Like I always notice in the gym, I hate to go to the gym that first three weeks of the year because everybody's there with their new resolutions. By February, that's all panned out because the rebel stepped in and already hijacked them. So watch for all of these things. Coming back to the grief for a second, one of the things I really recommend is that if you've lost something or someone that's difficult for you to live your life without, then dedicate a day to really sitting with that loss, honoring either that activity or that job or that person or that location, whatever it is. And when I say honor it, I mean go through pictures that remind you of that. Look at old letters, write letters. Let yourself listen to songs. Let yourself just really indulge in 
milking that day for everything that you can. We're so afraid of grief. We're so afraid to let ourselves go in to that depth because we're just afraid that we'll never, ever get out of it. And there's some truth to that if it's pretty raw. But if it's that raw, you need some support. Get into a grief group. You don't have to do this alone. It will help to have a place where you can go because, trust me, with the loss of a dear loved one, your friends are going to wear out hearing you talk about it. But a grief group supports that. That's what it's for. So really be good for yourself, (laughs) good to yourself. Really identify what you need and then have the courage and the confidence and the self-love to get it. So that is kind of the overview. I just want to do a, a an EFT sequence and a tapping for you right now so you'll have a way to kind of get started. Um, if you're interested, by the way, in the EFT and TRE combination, then one thing you can do is I'm real excited about integrating this into my inner child and soul work and, and the Akashic Records work and this four-prong modality that I'm working with, and it's actually turned into seven points that I now offer, but I'm kicking the year off by starting some EFT and TRE practice groups. There's going to be a group that you can come and be introduced to both of those energy therapies once a week, and so go to my website or call me. It's not up on my website yet, but just contact me. Get on my website and get into the e-blast, because that's probably where I'll let people know the exact dates and times. But I've got the dates for January. I'm just firming up where it's going to be. And come to one of those and learn the process. If you're really interested in it and you've been thinking about doing some inner work, then I do have a special that will go till the end of the year, and it's signing up for a three-hour process session where we work with your records and we work with some issue and we identify whether it's a soul issue or an adult issue or even a past life issue. We get the context by opening up the records and through conversation. And then we use the EFT tapping sequences to neutralize the tension around that in your electrical circuitry. And then the reason this is a package deal is that I will teach you the TRE, the tension and trauma exercises, which is a series of seven exercises that build a charge in your body that then invites your body to go into what's called a neurogenic tremor. And it's it's shaking, basically. It's shaking it off. It's completing that contraction that got locked in your body. And for any TRE that I do during that three-hour package, as long as it's done before February 1st, then I don't count that against the three hours. So it's giving you a way to come in and to supercharge your your inner work by being able to let your body release as well. So definitely call me if you're interested in that. For right now, I would invite you to come to your karate. If you've never tapped with me before, don't attempt to do this. Go to my website, www.eftforyourinnerchild.com, and go to the tab that says Interactive Tapping Explained. Watch the videos that are up there, and that will give you an idea of what EFT is, and it will give you an idea of my signature style of EFT, which is more relationship 
tapping. I call it interactive tapping because there's an interaction between you and your wounded one. The most the most illuminated self and the the wounded one that is in pain about some issue. And look at that, and then come back and listen to the archive of this. But for right now, uh, I also need you to know that you're doing this on your own volition. So be accountable for what you're going to do. All right. So with that said, come to the karate. We're going to do the setup phrase. And the karate point, you can do this even if you've never tapped. It's just taking the four fingers of one hand and tapping on the fleshy part of your other hand. And that fleshy part is between your little finger and your wrist. So just repeat after me while you tap. Even though this season has dislodged an array of emotions, regrets, disappointments, fears, expectations, unmet needs and losses, I choose this time around to show up in a new way. So even though I've had a lot of triggers, even in the last couple weeks, it's not too late for me to show up. It's not too late for me to be conscious. It's not too late for me to work with what's there so I can move forward with confidence, peace, and love. All right, so that's the umbrella of what we're going to now neutralize. I will call out the reminder phrases. You tap on the endpoints. If you do not know what the endpoints are, then go to my website again and sign up because you will get an EFT chart by just signing up, and that will tell you exactly where to tap. But for those of you who have done it, tap on the first point that you use. I don't call out the the points because everybody taps starting in a different place. All right, first uh, first uh, end point. All of this anxiety, these mixed emotions, these feelings, this stress. I'm so overwhelmed, overstimulated. I'll be so glad when it's over. I don't want to overspend, overeat, or overdrink. I wonder what it would be like to go through this season staying present. I wonder what it would be like to give myself the present of being present. I wonder what it would like. I wonder what it would be like to stay connected to myself, aware of my inner children, and in constant communion with my higher self. I wonder what it would feel like to go through this holiday season prepared and willing 
to deal with whatever comes up. To not get into the hustle bustle based on shame, maybe guilt, maybe revenge, jealousy, or fear. This season, I want to stay present. I want to explore all my obligations. I want to think them through so I can make a conscious choice. I want to show up for myself in a new way so that I can move forward with ease, peace, and joy. Okay, take a deep breath. That'll get you started. It'll kind of move you in the right direction. There's a lot of places where you can get support for this season. I offer that 15-minute free assessment. If you need a little bit more personal touch, a little bit more personal direction, then call me. And we'll set up our 15-minute time and we'll get a plan for you. It may involve working with me. It may not. But I'm willing to make myself available to you in that way. I always do, but through the end of this year, I'm even I'm even suggesting that even more strongly. You don't have to go through alone. So, okay, that's going to wrap it up for today. I hope you do have a joyous, conscious holiday. And until next year, I'm changing things around a little next year, by the way. I'm going to be changing my radio show from EFT Happy Half Hour to, I'm still deciding on the name, but it's going to be something like like EFT and TRE on the edge or the edge of EFT and TRE for your inner child and soul. I really want to begin kind of promoting that concept of the duality of the EFT and the TRE and how effective that is when we're working with the inner child and soul issues. I'm also starting to attend Echo Bodine's Arapalooza's on the third Saturday of every month, and I'll be doing many readings there, many meaning M-I-N-I, little ones, where I'll open your records and I will do a record consult for your body, what your body needs in order to feel released and connected to you and how EFT and TRE could help. So anyway, with that said, again, have a joyous holiday, and until next time, Be good to you and to those you love. Thank you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.